This is Blue AF. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Blue Air Force. Today, we are talking about the ASVAB test. If you found this podcast, you probably already know what the ASVAB is. It's the Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery. This is the test that we use to determine if you qualify for the Air Force and if you do, what jobs you might qualify for. Sometimes when you get the results from this test, you do better in certain fields than you may have thought that you would have done. And this is why a lot of schools use this test as a career guidance tool to show you where your strengths are, to show you some fields that you might be very successful in. And that's what we do in the military as well. You need to score certain uh, points in certain categories in order to qualify for certain jobs. So the ASVAB is a super important test that you'll take to qualify for the military. In addition to the ASVAB test, you will also do some physical tests, um, hearing, vision, blood test, drug test, full medical exam, just to make sure, again, that you physically and mentally qualify for the armed services. So when you first talk to a recruiter, they're probably going to talk to you about the APT, which is the ASVAB predictor test or the EAST. These are tests that you can take with a recruiter to kind of help gauge where you are to see if you're ready to take the ASVAB. So the ASVAB is a test that you can only take a certain number of time. It's very secure. You'll take it the first time. And if you don't pass and you want to retest, you have to wait 30 days. If you fail again, you want to retest again, you have to wait 30 days. Fail again, you want to retest again, you have to wait six months at that point. So you want to make sure that when you go down there to take this test, that you're ready to take it. You don't want to just blow one of those chances. So the ASVAB predictor test will give you and your recruiter an idea of where you are and how you might score when you take the real deal. It's a requirement that we make everyone take this APT or EST, which is basically the same test, before we can sign you up to take the real deal. So ASVAB test, what is the minimum score for the Air Force? We get this question all the time. And it's not an easy answer. If you Google minimum ASVAB for Air Force, you're probably going to find it's going to say 31. Maybe it'll have one of the older numbers that we used to go by. But for right now, your Armed Forces Qualification Test, AFQT, which is your overall score on this test, needs to be a 31. However, comma, we also have line scores. So the Air Force breaks down your test, all the different categories of the test, into four what we call aptitude areas, mechanical, administration, general, and electrical. Not only do you have to make a 31 on the AFQT, but you have to meet these minimum uh, points for each job that you might qualify for. Mechanical's cutoff is 47, administration is 41, general is 44, electrical is 70. Your AFQT is only uh, calculated by the administration and the general score, which basically boils down to your math and your English parts of the test. So you can get a 31 on your AFQT and still not qualify for any jobs. It happens all the time. You don't want to get a 31. 31 is the minimum, right? You want to be, you know, on a scale of 1 to 99, which is the ASVAB, you want to be as high as you can to give you more options. So when you join the Air Force, 
You're not just joining with one job. You can't come to a recruiter and say, I want to be blank, and that's the only job I want to do. A recruiter will probably not talk to you, as far as Air Force recruiter. For us, you have to list at least 10 jobs. Now, it depends on your area, where you are geographically, but in most places, you have to be able to list a minimum of 10 jobs on your job list so that the Air Force can match you based on the needs of the Air Force. We're not always hiring every job all the time. So we want our applicants to be um, open to doing a lot of different things so that when we find that job that's available that we need them to do, if it's an interest and you put it on your list and we need that job filled, that's a match and you'll get that job. Doesn't matter if it's the first job on your list or the 10th job on your list. So when it boils down to your scores, you wanna do as best as you can, right? Um, 31 minimum AFQT, but what I use in our office uh, and my office partner, what we use is a minimum of 50 AFQT. That's going to give you the best. It's going to set you up for the best options, for the best um, you know, choices when it comes to finding a job. For example, there are some jobs where you can have a low score, but there's not many of them. In the general aptitude area, Technically, you need a general score of 21 on that test. So a general 21 and an AFQT of 31 in order to get a services job. General of 30, an AFQT of 31, could get you security forces jobs. But it's very possible that if your score is low enough, services could be the only job that you qualify for. If the Air Force isn't looking for that job, this month, next month, could be six months, could be a year until the Air Force needs people to do that job. We might not, as recruiters in this area, have access to that job, and you might not be able to match it because they're saying that they don't need people in that area doing that job. So, you have to be well qualified so that you have options. A lot of times recruiters will turn you away if you don't meet the minimum standards. Sometimes if you meet the minimum standards, that's just barely cutting it. We often won't work with you, and we will encourage you to study to get that score higher. In the administration aptitude area, an A of uh, an A score of 35 could get you traffic management. Mechanical, even though our cutoff is 47, with a mechanical score of 40, you could get aircrew flight equipment, you can get vehicle ops, you could get pavements. And with an electrical, now the minimum for that aptitude area is 70, but with an electrical score of 45, you could get HVAC. The lower your score, let's say you get a really low score, barely qualified, and maybe you meet the minimum for the administration and the general, but you're still not high enough to really get a bunch of jobs you qualify for, a lot of recruiters, myself included, will say, all right, cool, you're minimally qualified, so you're going to have to be open to whatever we need. Meaning, if you only qualify for 18 jobs in the Air Force, I need you to be ready and excited to do any one of those 18 that I can get you. Can't have you picking and choosing this and that and this and that, because we might not be hiring. Out of that 18 that you qualify for, there may only be three or four that the Air Force is looking for. I don't want you to get your hopes set on a job that may never become available because the Air Force can only hire where we have vacancies. And in the Air Force, our retention rate is pretty high. I think right now it's the highest it's ever been since 9-11. And what that tells us is that people get in these jobs and they don't want to leave. So... Looking at brand new airmen in the Air Force, people are progressing, but when those career fields are full, 
And if we don't need as many new people because we've got a bunch of people in that career field, then we may not be looking for that many uh, applicants for that job. All right. So we talked about the line scores, right? Um, Mechanical, administration, general, and electrical. That's the breakdown of your score. Aptitude areas, the way that works is you meet that minimum in that aptitude area. Instead of getting a job such as like security forces or traffic management, you could get an aptitude area. So let's say you match the mechanical aptitude area. Your score um, is 47 and you get that mechanical aptitude area instead of a job. What that means is when you get to basic training, you're going to sit down with a job counselor and you're going to figure out your job. They're going to show you what jobs are available in that aptitude area. You're going to make a list of which ones you're interested in and they're going to do just like we do here. Look at the first job. Is it available? No. Look at the second job. Is it available? No. Look at the third job. Is it available? Yes, we have a match. You get your third job. That's why we ask for a list of 10 so that the Air Force can do their job and match you up with a job that you're interested in. You got to be open-minded and you got to be ready to, uh, to leave with whatever job we can get you. Once you get a job in the Air Force, once that job is matched, you cannot change it. There's no take backs. You got to ship with that job and you got to ship on the date that you ship. If you decide that's not the job you want, you change your mind, you've had a change of heart, guess what? You're not going to be qualified for the Air Force anymore and you won't be able to get another job. You'll be disqualified. So make sure when you are talking to your recruiter and making that list that it is an accurate list and that you stick with it. Do not put anything on that list that you would not love to do in the Air Force. That being said, I know a lot of you are keyboard warriors and you like to do a lot of research on Google and Facebook. You might read some stuff saying you can wait for any job you want. Don't let a recruiter tell you this and that and the other. Uh, A lot of people aren't in recruiting right now. This podcast comes straight from a recruiter based on current regulation as of right now, December of 2020. I would never lie to you. What I'm telling you is that you can't wait for a job. Now, sometimes some people come to us with special situations. Maybe they have a family member that's in the Air Force, in Air Force Recruiting Service, uh, an immediate family member. Maybe they've had some ROTC experience or JROTC experience. Maybe they have certification or experience, um, a degree in a certain field that might allow them to book a certain job. Maybe they have special skills and they take that D-Lab test, which qualifies them for linguists so they can get that job that they want. There are different circumstances for every single person. And so what I'm telling you is that the general person that walks in off the street that wants to join the Air Force, you have to go by our regulations and how we do business. You have to list 10 jobs. Now, that number could change depending on your geographic area and who your recruiter is. But you have to list 10 jobs and be open to the needs of the Air Force and be flexible to do those jobs. If you come to a recruiter with one job in mind and you think you're going to be able to wait as long as it takes to get that job, I got bad news for you. It's probably not going to happen. Probably not going to work out too well for you. So be open-minded. That's the point of that. All right. So we already talked about the retests. If you take your ASVAB and you fail or you think you can do better or if your recruiter encourages you to do better, you have to wait 30 days after an official test until you can retest. You can only do two retests Then after that, you have to wait six months to test again. So take those tests seriously. Let's say you take a test, you fail, AFQT 15. 
If you come back in 30 days and you get AFQT like 40, I mean, you've been studying your butt off and you do really, really, really good. I think the cutoff number is 20. If you score 20 points higher, you're going to need a confirmation test, meaning they're going to make you come back and redo that test before they're going to certify those scores because they want to make sure that there wasn't some big fluke in the system that, you know, there wasn't any funny business going on. So if you test, fail, study your butt off, retest, and you do so well that they say, hey, you got to do it again. They just want to make sure that you really know the material. You do that test again, qualify that score again, and then that's going to be a real deal and that's going to be your new score. So let's talk about studying. In my area, we get a lot of people that struggle with the ASVAB test. Um, I encourage them to study. There's several different ways to study. But the one thing that I can tell you for sure, you can't just kind of study for this test. This test is difficult. The math sections, you can't use a calculator. You get a pen or a pencil and a piece of paper. You got to use it, you know, the old school way. You can't use a calculator. Um, you got to study. You got to devote time to doing it. An hour, two hours a day of, you know, hard work, studying, memorizing what you need to memorize, going over what you need to know. Uh, you can't do it on your own. Um, you can't just use whatever free resources are available on the internet uh, because if you just use those, you get what you pay for, right? Sometimes it's not the best unless you're willing to work hard. I have heard that there are some great YouTube videos. So um, they're long, but they are very informative and they have all the different sections of the ASVAB broken down, um, you can do it. Watch those videos, take some notes, and really devote time to studying because if you want to get into the Air Force and you're struggling with that ASVAB, then that is something that you can control. Um, take it seriously, devote time, and make sure that you're ready when it's time to take that test. Uh, I believe that the number one way to prepare is to get a tutor. They're going to cost a little bit of money, but if you can find a tutor, just Google it in your area, find an in-person tutor or a Zoom tutor or someone that can work with you and help you study, um, that's the best way, I believe, to get ready. I've had applicants that have used tutors, and I always see them make significant improvements on their tests, and so I know it works. Um, if you can't afford a tutor, try a study guide. They're available on Amazon, at Walmart, in bookstores. Um, libraries will have them get a study guide for the ASVAB and use it. Oftentimes they'll come with practice tests or you can go to military.com, take one of their practice tests and gauge your progress. You shouldn't have to take the ASVAB to find out how you'll do on an ASVAB. When uh, applicants come to me and say, Hey, sir, I'm ready to retest. I'm going to say, how'd you do on your last practice test? If they say, I don't know, I haven't taken one. I'm going to say, take a practice test and so you know what you're going to get when you walk into that test room. You know what your score is going to be ballpark. You're not walking in there wondering how you're going to do. Because if you're putting in the work, then you're also taking some practice tests and tracking your progress so that every week or every two weeks, you can see how you're improving and where you need to focus your energy to get that score higher. You got to take, got to take control of this. It's a hugely important test. So make sure that you're on top of it. So bottom line. Realize the significance of the ASVAB test so that you can get the best score possible for you. Priority is given to those with higher ASVAB scores. If you contact a recruiter and you say, hey, I took my ASVAB and my score was a 31, I'm ready to go, they're probably not going to put you at the top of their list. And any anyone will probably encourage you 
to retest because there's very little that you can do with an AFQT of 31 in the United States Air Force. If you want to be in the United States Space Force, those scores need to be even higher. It's a small branch. They're looking for the best of the best, and that starts with your ASVAB scores. So I've seen some people go from barely passing to really high scores, but they did the work, they put in the time. So make sure if you're interested in being an airman in the United States Air Force or joining the United States Space Force, that you take the time to study, take control of your destiny, and get ready for that ASVAB test. Good luck, and thanks for listening.